This is the Shrimps Verdict podcast. All opinions expressed to those of the individual contributors and not necessarily those of either Morecambe Football Club or of Beyond Radio. Every kick, every game, every goal. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio. Donald Love in the fifth minute here at the Moo Lawn with a yellow card and that is bad news for the Shrimps because that is Donald Love's fifth caution of the season and that means that the Morecambe captain not only is he walking the tightrope for the rest of this afternoon but that means that Donald Love will be suspended for the visit of Accrington Stanley to the Mazuma on Tuesday night. JJ McKinnon, lovely feet to get the ball under his control, right to tip of the penalty area. Slew thinks about a shot, oh. decent shot that from Jordan Slew as well, really caught it well with his right foot. And that's a smart stop, low down to his right hand side by Belshaw. Reese Welsh into the feet of Stevens, can't find Lavenier, and here comes Donald Love. That's going to be a beautiful pass. Flag stays down, Michael Mellon over the keeper, and the result was absolutely inevitable there. And that was a lovely ball through from. Donald Love got it past Ryan Innes and as soon as Michael Mellon gets it under his control draws the keeper dinks it over him back of the net six of the season and on 27 minutes Forest Green Rovers nil Morecambe won just like he did last uh, last week for Ethan Walker's goal a lovely through ball from uh, from Donald Love Michael Mellon latches onto it perfectly and just a dinked finish there just over Belshaw we talked about it a matter of seconds ago Dave about Mellon just being hungry to get back in that position in front of the goal and you have to say you always fancied him as he was bearing down on Belshaw there it's a lovely finish and it's a lovely position to be in Forest Green Rovers nil Morecambe won McCann tries to visit into the feet of the runner on the edge of the area. Here's Troy Deeney. His first touch is really heavy. Really heavy. And here's Mellon in the foot race with Belshaw, who sweeper keeps. Bloxham. Belshaw's out of his area. That's just going to drop wide of the post by Tom Bloxham. What a goal that would have been to open his account for the streams. Mellon and the keeper Belshaw in a foot race. Herring out of his area. Heading it away only as far as Bloxham. And his effort from all of 40 yards curls just wide of the post. Morecambe have done well through the middle of the park there to just manoeuvre it out to Donald Love. Wasn't uh, too much on for the Morecambe captain, so he goes back to the edge of the area and James Connolly goes a bit longer, looking for the flick on of Mellon. Might fall for Jake Taylor in the middle of the park here. Taylor over. takes it. We've got a man over here on the right-hand side, blocks him. And here's Jordan Slew. Yes! For Get in there! What a breakaway goal that was for the Shrimps. It's Jordan Slew who has had a, you have to say, a fantastic first 45 minutes for the Shrimps. And that was a brilliant breakaway goal. Jake Taylor started it in the middle of the park, had loads of time to pick his pass. And he saw the man over on the overload, blocks him with it, squared the ball right across the face of the six-yard area. And there was Jordan Slew. Couldn't miss, really. Three yards out, sweeping it in at the back post. And in 48 minutes, how about this, for Forest Green Rovers, nil. Morecambe 2. You say it, Dave, a complete breakaway move, and it was, you know, similar, I suppose, to, to last week. We blocked him, getting that ball on that right-hand side. And he just, an inch-perfect ball for, from Blocko into the path of Jordan Slew. And I'm absolutely made up for Slewy because he's been tremendous so far this uh, this afternoon. It's nothing less than, than he deserves. And, listen, Forest Green Rovers, nil, Morecambe 2, and... and you can't argue with it, Dave. It's been a wonderful performance from the Shrimps so far. It's been a complete, a total performance. Senior stands tall. 
gets a partial block and it's going to be stood up by Bernard right hand side towards the back post and he should break the net there on his debut it's Marcel Lavenier lurking at the back post he just ghosted in and he volleys it over Stuart Moore's crossbar here come Forest Green Rovers once more Bernard stands the ball up to the back post it's going to be put into the back of the net for 2-1 is it I think that's going to be allowed to stand it is and finally Forest Green Rovers get one back in the 84th minute a deep cross by Don Bernard to the back post headed back across the six yard area it's a scruffy header really Morecambe are going to be disappointed that that one's found the back of the net but it just trickled over the line at the far post and some work still to do for the Shrimps then to secure these three points on the road Reaction to the action. This is the Shrimps verdict on Beyond Radio. Bernard stands it up towards the edge of the area. Dean flicks it on. Morton, 20 yards out, back to goal. The shot comes in through a crowd of players. It hits Jacob Badeau inside the Morgan penalty area and cleared away. And the Shrimps have just about held on for all three points. And with Morecambe's first half display, you have to say it's a thoroughly deserved victory. Morecambe's first away win of the season and for Forest Green Rovers that's six straight home defeats in League 2 and a bit of a tale of two halves really Morecambe utterly utterly dominant in the first 45 minutes deservedly taking the lead on 27 Michael Mellon with his sixth goal of the season threaded through deliciously by Donald Love took it in his stride drew the keeper Belshaw and there was only ever going to be one outcome as Bears uh, Mellon dinked the ball over Belshaw and into the back of the net for his six of the campaign an utterly dominant performance then for the shrimps in the first 45 minutes and came flying out the traps early in the second half as well to make it 2-0 on 48 minutes a lovely counter-attacking move jake taylor started it in the middle of the park he fed the ball out to blocks him on the right side and his delicious ball across the face of the six yard box was swept home at the back post by jordan slew for his first goal of the season in fairness, it took until Forest Green Rovers trailing by two goals to nil for them to wake up. I suppose it was a dominant Morecambe performance. But in the last half an hour, in fairness to David Horsman's men, Forest Green came on strong, knocking on the door without really testing the Morecambe keeper, Stuart Moore, too much. Lots of crosses into the box, lots of possession, lots of territory. But the Shrimps stood firm, stood tall. That was until the 85th minute, a raft of substitutions made by the home side and one of them Matty Taylor the experienced striker off the bench to scruffily head home from the back post from close range to reduce the arrears to 2-1 McKeon and King had late efforts to put the game to bed for the shrimps it was a bit nervy a bit tense a bit scrappy and scruffy in the closing few minutes but the bottom line is that Morecambe have got the job done here at the new lawn here in the Cotswolds this afternoon with the same score as when the two sides met here in Gloucestershire 12 months ago Michael Mellon and Jordan Slew's goals completes Morecambe's first away win of the season and overall you have to say a thoroughly deserved one as well well Derek a first away win of the season you must be delighted yeah it was an excellent performance from us today um, I thought we started the game very well and um, you know we scored a great goal uh, from Michael Mellon a through pass and he chipped the goalkeeper, but before that, we could have scored you know, a few more goals before that. And then the second half, blocks and puts a great ball in for Jordan Slew to score. But uh, over the afternoon, 2-1 uh, does flatter uh, for the screen. Uh, I think 
all the Forest Green supporters would say that because the way we created umpteen chances over the afternoon, it was there for everyone to see. You know, we were in control of the match, 2-0 up, and uh, we let a goal in, and that gave Forest Green a bit of belief. But uh, they should have been put to bed long before then. So many positives today. Um, the first one I'll start is Donald Love's through ball for Michael Mellon. After the through ball last week for Ethan Walker, he's, he's coming into his own, isn't he, this season? Yeah, I mean, the captain's a very good player and, uh, you know, he's been at Man United, been at Sunderland, you know, so that tells you the Carol, uh, player that we've got. And, uh, you know, he sees a pass, he picks out a pass and, uh, you know, Michael Mellon makes a, a great run to get in behind their defenders. Second goal, another... Second week running, another great cross from Tom Bloxham. Yeah, that's what Tom's got in him. You know, when he gets the ball out of his feet, um, he can, you know, put a good ball into the area. And it was one winger to the other winger. And uh, Jordan Slew comes in at the back post and uh, manages to slot it past the goalkeeper. But um, Belshaw, who only joined them yesterday, uh, has a fantastic game for them. He's come on loan from, from Bristol Rovers and, uh, you know, kept him in the game. Kept him in the game a couple of times from JJ McKeon, who I thought was excellent today as well. Yeah, we had a lot of top performers today. I think that um, you know over the afternoon to to come here to control the game as we did, uh, the way we passed, the way we opened up the team, the way we created chances, uh, was was terrific for us. Felt like an important three points as well for you and for the team. It was, you know, we've obviously closed the gap between us and the. The team's at the top of the table and, uh, you know, again, the bottom-paced team budget-wise is pushing again and uh, it's fantastic. The Morgan supporters love us because of the way that we play, the way we, you know, up and up defences and, uh, you know, it just sees what you can do with a, a really small budget. Put a group of players together, give them an ethos, give them an understanding, a willingness, a determination. It takes you far. You don't have to spend a lot of money. And uh, these were where our clubs uh, sometimes get it wrong. It's about recruitment as well, picking the right players, getting that right, and uh, not driving flash cars. I saw you were quite animated towards the end. Was it just a case of just urging everyone to get that win? Yeah, I mean, we want to you know, win the games, and uh, that's what we're here to do. We're, we're always the underdog and uh, I think that uh, until, as I've said many times, that gets sorted out and uh, off the field it becomes better for us, then um, I've got plans for this football club going forward. I want to take this football club to the championship and uh, you know I've got big plans uh, going forward uh, that I haven't shared with anyone and uh, you know I think that our supporters want to see a team that can get promoted out of League 2 into League 1 and then to the Championship and uh, we've got big hopes for, for this football club in, in years gone by but um, it's not going to happen overnight and uh, you know we're just putting the foundations in just now Is that a long term plan a short term plan or just something in your head that's going to go down on paper soon? Yeah it's already on paper uh, I'm working on it uh, at this moment in time working with the owner working with the, the board of directors and uh, you know trying to get a solution uh, to the problem that we have at this moment in time and uh, then you know kicking things on and uh, really making us a force to, to be reckoned with in, in English football The club at the minute seems to be on, seems to be happy upwards apart from you know the problems off the field, the academy, 10 games undefeated as well today. They the seem to be building them. The field are still there. And uh, I know that. Uh, so um, I think that uh, I can't, you know, push away from that. But we've got, we've got on the field, we've got a terrific group of players that are, you know, doing well. And, uh, you know, that's all we can ask for. Tuesday night, I could just stand at home, another big game for you. 
Yeah, I mean, a local derby. And, uh, you know, I think that uh, last year uh, we won at home against them and uh, they're a very good side, um, coached well. Uh, we've obviously got uh, Jed Brannan, who's come from them this season. But, uh, you know, we're looking forward to, to another home game. Derek, a great win today. Well done. Thank you. A lot's been said, Derek, about our away form in recent seasons. You've tried to play that down, quite rightly so, with the difference between League 1 and League 2. Performance like that today, that puts... Any questions about our away performances to bed, doesn't it? Well, I don't know who says about the away performances. I've already told people that uh, we were in League One. We had the lowest budget in League One. We had the lowest budget in League Two. We had a very good away record when we got promoted the last time out of League Two. And, uh, you know, we've had to go last season and draw games away from home. Um, as I said before, and I said in my press conference the other day, we can draw up statistics in any way we like. And uh, my manager... Anyone, uh, I'm like that as well. Well, Jordan, your first goal of the season, a 2-1 away win, you must be delighted. Yeah, it's a great feeling. Um, it was a tough game. I think we played really well in the first half especially. I think we should have been probably two or three up. Um, but yeah, we come out in the second half, scored in, within a minute or two. So I guess it was it made it a bit tricky after that because then Forest Green kicked on. Um, and then after probably about 60 minutes, it was a bit of a, a bit of an onslaught. We were under a lot of pressure. But um, we're just glad we saw it out in the end. You showed both sides of your game today. You played some great football, created lots of chances, but then had to dig it out at the end, like you say. So it says a lot about the team. Yeah, definitely. It was the same as Swindon last week. You know, we're down to 10 men, a goal down as well. And we've just got that fighting spirit in the squad. It's a young squad, but you know, the, the fighting spirit is still there in, in all of us. Um, we're all there for each other. You know, it shows in training every day. And then we, when it come out on a Saturday or Tuesday night, I think we're doing the business. On a personal level, how nice was it for you to get that goal today? Yeah, definitely. It's always nice to just you know tick the, the first one off, you know, um, and hopefully there's many more to come throughout the season. Had a good effort in the first half. Uh, well saved by the keeper as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought he could have gone a bit to the other side, but um, yeah, it was it was a good strike. But I think it was a bit comfortable for the keeper. Um, but yeah, we just uh, we just glad to get the win really. How does it feel this time? You know, you were here a couple of years ago in the promotion year. Does it feel different this time with a lot of younger players? Um, yeah, the, the squad's younger. Than, I think the squad's a lot younger than it was a couple of years ago. But I, I said uh, when I first come in that it's, it's quite. A, we've got a special setup, you know. It's obviously we're the only ones there every day. Uh, but the, the vibe around the place every day is always it's always fun. You know, we play. It's always sharp in training. We're enjoying ourselves. You know, and I think um, there's been a couple of games where we've not been at it, but predominantly I think we've played pretty well throughout the season. I know it's, it's quite an early start. But yeah, you know, if we continue doing what we're doing, especially if we're playing the same as what we did in that first half today, then I think we're, you know, we've got a, a shout. You mentioned the sharpness there. The one-touch passing in the first half was, was really good to watch. Yeah, well, we, we do we do it every day in training. You know, we, we do the boxes, we do we do a lot of ball work, um, and it shows in training. Training's always we we have to be at it. The gaffer won't let you know he won't they won't let off on us at all. So we always have to be at it every day. It's not just match day. You know, the prep throughout the week. It goes into into what we did today. How important was it then to get that away win as well? Definitely, we struggled away this season. I think that's our first win. Um, but yeah, we have struggled. I think it's just a, a mentality thing. You know, we've, we've done very good at home, uh, but now it's just a mentality when we come away. You know, to stand up big and you know, and there's not much difference. You have to just do what we do, what we do at home. So back home on Tuesday, Accrington Stanley. That's always a big one. Yes, um, you know, you know. It's, Three days away, so you know we've got to recover now, and we've got to go again and do the same what we did today. 
Thanks for downloading this episode of the Shrimps Verdicts podcast, part of Shrimps Live on Beyond Radio, episode 127. This is Dave Salmon. A reminder of the only place where you can hear full match commentary of every single Morecambe game this season, home and away, right here on Beyond Radio. And I follow Shrimps, so let's look ahead to the big Lancashire derby this coming Tuesday at the Mazuma Stadium. Accrington Stanley are the visitors in League Two as Morecambe uh, look to maintain their unbeaten home home start to the season uh, in League 2 joined by uh, Tony Robinson Tony is a, is a long 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 time Accrington Stanley uh, supporter uh, both uh, here in the UK and uh, right across in Canada uh, as he's going to explain to us in a second uh, Tony great to have you back on the podcast um, tell us uh, briefly if you can firstly uh, about your journey uh, of being an Accrington Stanley supporter uh, hi, Dave. It's a pleasure to be back on with you and, and talking uh, football uh, and also promoting uh, Stanley. Um, well, cutting to the uh, a short version, I was born and, and raised in Accrington, emigrated to uh, Canada when I was 16. Um, and since I've been retired, I've been able to start coming back on a regular basis uh, in September, October. Uh, to watch a few matches. I've been doing that for now, probably about 10 or 12 years. Um, so I've really got into uh, seeing them a lot more, follow them on iFollow, of course, which is great when you're uh, when you're in North America. Um, and I'm also part of a, uh, uh, a co-host with uh, a couple other fellows that uh, we do. We are actually, this is the official international podcast of Atkinson Stanley, and it's called Across the Pitch. So, uh, uh, we've got over 300 uh, episodes on there, interviews, Andy Holt, John Coleman. Uh, so if anybody's interested in listening to those characters uh, with their stories, um, please check us out. And across the pitch, it's a proper fans podcast, Tony, isn't it? Granted, from fans far, far away uh, from East Lancashire, but you get some good guests on as well, don't you? Yeah, we've we've, we've uh, tried and reach back into some of the uh, uh, players from the past and uh, We've actually reached out to a couple of people that uh, were, you know, well known that might have some connection with Stanley and through Burnley and that sort of thing. Um, and also one of our uh, favourite guests is uh, we've had David Lloyd on a couple of times. And uh, David Bumble is always good for a story and uh, always good to have on. So, uh, uh, yeah, he's a supporter of our podcast. And we're, we've been lucky that we've we've been downloaded in uh basically six out of the seven continents so we have got a far reach uh, i mean not we're not big numbers by any means but uh, i mean if you can get a couple of people in china down you know listen to you about Atkinson stanley i think i think that's uh that's the beauty of doing what we do and despite the fact that uh, you emigrated more years ago than you might care to admit or or, or imagine uh, that the passion for Accrington stanley that's never gone away no, and I think the thing is when you always, if, if somebody says where you're from and you say Accrington, uh, it's it's inevitable the first thing that they mention is uh, Accrington Stanley because it's uh, that and then Accrington Pals. But Accrington Stanley is sort of a, a name that people can, uh, uh, they associate with the town and it's a name that's kind of unusual. And, and that in a sense can sometimes draw uh, uh, people to the uh, to the club. But what we try and do is just to uh, introduce the the club to new new supporters uh, and try and give them a bit of history, document the the club uh, in the present form, and uh, you know we we'll go back five or six years with interviews from players that have come and gone, 
we've had now we we did an in, interview with James Trafford when he was uh, at Stanley and how he's playing the Premier League. Um, so we've uh, we've we kind of uh, try and make sure we can document what's going on and at the time and uh, and hopefully uh, as spread the word. Uh, as you know, Stanley's not a, a big club by any means, and I think if you can get some interest in North America and around the globe, you you just never know when that when may that lead it, whether it's investments or uh, whatever. Uh, and people will, may hopefully. Uh, if they're in the UK because of what we do, might drop by and see a match. So it's, uh, you know, it's all pushing for the promotion of the club. Absolutely. Any PR is good PR, isn't it? However, uh, which way it comes. Uh, you're in the UK at the moment for a visit, of course, Tony, aren't you? So that's handy because uh, you're going to be here uh, on Tuesday for the Lancashire Derby. Yeah, I'm, uh, it's it's very uh, fortunate that, that uh, you know, I travel back for... Uh, well, except for COVID, I, I come back for a couple of months and I'm, as I say, I'm lucky I'm able to do that. Uh, and I'm extremely lucky now that uh, my wife has, has joined the, uh, the the supporters and she's a big fan of Stanley. So she probably knows as much, if not more than, than I do. So uh, I remember I, I had a friend that couldn't go, go to one match and my wife said, I'll go. And uh, well, she's been coming ever since and she's a big, big supporter, knows the players. Uh, talks to Andy Holt, so <laughs> it's uh, it's great when you can uh, when you can have your uh, partner uh, enjoy the uh, the passion that you do, and uh, we uh, we enjoy going to the matches. A lot of fun, yeah. I think it's always a big. I, I think the Markham match is one of the things that I think a lot of Stanley fans, when the fixture list comes out, circle that one because of the uh, of the rivalry, and it's just it, it's it's just a, a match that really I think stands can stand on its own because of the of the intense rivalry between the two clubs and and uh, which I think it's good I think it's a you know it could be a positive thing and it's always some good matches with uh, with Morecambe so I'm not expecting anything less on uh, on a Tuesday I just hope uh, our team shows up other than it did against Tranmere uh, and uh, give you guys a game We'll talk more about the, uh, the the team, the current squad in, in, in just a moment, Tony. But like you say, we've uh, we've had some good battles on the pitch. We've had some very dour nil-nil draws as well over the years. And of course, some seasons we've been in different divisions to one another. But uh, the last couple of seasons, we've, we've been in the same division. And uh, well, unfortunately, it's not League One, it's League Two. No, and, and uh, I think a lot of, I don't know about uh, with Morecambe, but I know a lot of people were disappointed in, in Stanley going down. Uh, and thought it was a bit of a failure, and it was a bit of a small, small percentage of uh, uh, backlash on John Coleman, Jimmy Bell. Um, but I look at it in a, in a positive way: is that the five years we were in League One um, was really, if, if to be honest, was probably overachieving for a club of our size, and uh, and to maintain that and. And if it wasn't for a couple of, well, injuries last year devastated uh, our team as well as a lot of clubs. But, I mean, we had 19 players out at one point and uh, there was a couple of matches that if we had a full squad, a proper squad, we might have come out with a couple of points and uh, stayed up only one. But I think this is a positive in the sense you can come down and reset. Um, and some of the big wage earners, and as you know, we're not on a big budget. Uh, some of the big wage earners of, uh, and the size of the squad has been reduced, uh, you know, obviously because of the um, the reduction in the budget. 
Um, and and so we've got an opportunity for some young players that have come up through the youth system and the academy uh, uh, to to prove themselves. So um, it's been an up and up and down season so far, but we've had some good performances at home, and and hopefully uh, we play Stockport tomorrow, and we can have a, a bounce back uh, uh, against them tomorrow. And you look at League One, and like you say, Tony, it was it was great days, wasn't it? We only had the two seasons, of course, as opposed to your five. But you look at all the big, big clubs who are in that division. Some have gone into the Championship now: Sheffield Wednesday and Ipswich, and you've, then you've got Derby and Portsmouth, and the list of the former Premier League teams and and, and the big name clubs goes on and on and on, doesn't it? But you then again look at League Two, and uh, well, there's some pretty big clubs in in the division this season. Well, I think, uh, you know, we, if you get relegated, it, it's kind of a, I don't know if it's a bad time to be relegated in, in the sense that you've got Wrexham and Notts County coming up into, into League Two. And obviously they're, they're, uh, they're doing well. They've got, uh, got some money behind them. And, and, but yeah, there are some big clubs. That, and I mean, when you mentioned like you, the club you mentioned in League One, it was, I think at times, you had to pinch yourself when you go to watch a match and you said you, you've got Sutherland coming in to play Stanley. You have Bolton Wonders, um, all those big clubs like Sheffield Wednesday. I, I mean, it just supported it, it was really, um, you know, living a dream. And that's why I think we probably did overachieve. And, and this now is, a, as I said, is a reset and we can uh, find our footing. And uh, I don't think the... Uh, the hopes, I think might be a few people hope to bounce right back, but I think when you come down and you mix a lot of changes in your personnel, it's more of a uh, let's find where we are, uh, get the right players, uh, and then maybe if, if we don't if we don't make a run for the playoffs this season, which I'm not really anticipating we'll make, but then you can set yourself up for next season. Let's look at that start to the campaign then, Tony, as uh, we approach the first 10 or, or so games. It, it's been a bit bit up and down. You've had some really good results and uh, some not so good as well. How, how have you assessed it? Yeah, I, I think the, the disappointment uh, was, was um, last Saturday because I think we had high hopes the way they'd performed going into Tranmere that we could uh, secure three points. And I, and one thing I have learned as following Stanley over the years is that if you have your expectations high, they will not match them. And uh, usually um, it's uh, it's not the result you expect. Because um, I think, you know, a win against Tranmere would have put us um, sort of really, it, it might have been in the playoff position. Um, uh, but I think we're, to be honest, our 12th now, I think that's somewhere that we may be at the end of the season. But um, the Tranmere match, there's a reason, I think there's a, a really good reason why we didn't um, uh, have the match we did because on the Friday at the end of training, we had uh, Liam Coyle and Seamus Keneally, two hearts of the midfield, uh, pull up uh, with injuries uh, in training. Uh, and then on Saturday at the match, um, uh, Toby Savin went out for, with a uh, dislocated shoulder, and he's out for three to four months. Uh, and Jay Rich Bagulu, who his was out all season last year for injuries, really starting to find his uh, footing this season. Got a red card, so he's out. So within and and the game plan that they had was designed around all those players being available. Um, and as you know, when things change like that, 
you just have to sort of bring new players in and the game plan changes and they didn't have any uh, any time to pre- uh, prepare for so there is a there is an understanding and a reason I can see why why they didn't perform as well um now uh, they've just I've just found out just a few minutes ago that Stanley has signed a goalkeeper uh emergency loan keeper keeper on loan John McCracken um and that it's going to we could possibly have three Norwich loanees on the pitch uh, tomorrow and Tuesday night, so we'll just have to uh, just. Have, I, I really, it's hard to say what the lineup's going to be, but we'll see. Uh, we'll get a better idea for Tuesday after tomorrow's match. It's fair to say that we might be playing you at, at a at a good time. Obviously, with the, the with the rivalry in the derby, I suppose that that evens things up a bit as well. But without a first choice goalkeeper, without a, a key central defender, and without your two main central midfielders, that's the spine of the team. And uh, well, I suppose any club in that situation, you're going to suffer, aren't you? Yes, and I, I think, and and with your home record, I think that's a. You know, there's there's the hope and expectations probably at, uh, at your end that, you know, a victory could be uh, well on the cards. Um, you know, I don't think it, it won't, you know, Stanley will uh, will show up and give it a go. John Coleman's teams always uh, always give a, a good effort of themselves. And um, and hopefully, you know, we uh, we can have a good game tomorrow, come out without any injuries. Uh, like as a, a week ago today, I said a week ago today, we had basically only one injury, and that was Sean McConville out for any length of time. And now all of a sudden, a week later, you're you're missing some like what you mentioned, uh, some key players. Um, yeah, so we're uh, well. I mean, I've it depends what lineup he comes out with. He could come out with a four four two tomorrow, uh, and I think he might do because that's more of a, an attacking formation that he can use. Um, and the back line, really, uh, it could be uh, a. It's going to be a out of the five players that I've named, I've got here. It could be four of them, and, and sh- one is Shipley, Hills, Meller, Quirk, or Gubbins will form the back four. Uh, I will think your midfield will be uh, Longello, which is an exciting player. I, uh, you'll uh, you'll like to see you like him. Hopefully, hopefully he has a good game against you guys. But uh, he'll, he's a good player. Dan Martin is a young player from the academy that's going to come in uh, in the midfield. He's got real potential. So I think this is a really golden opportunity for Dan Martin to to show his stuff. Uh, Joel Pritchard's back now. And uh, I think Joel could be one of the most exciting players in, in league in league two. Um, and he's still getting his game fitness back, whether he'll do 90 minutes. I, um, you know, it's doubtful. He, hopefully he can get 60, 65 minutes in tomorrow and then that uh, gives him, a, a, you know, some time for, for, for Tuesday. And then Sean Wally, who's just the, the energizer bunny, he's 35 years old and he'll run, he'll run the kids into the ground. What, a, what a, a true professional and a great asset to the team. And then up front, I think you'll see uh, Josh Andrews, who's on loan from Birmingham. Uh, he's our big striker. Uh, he's in a bit of a, uh, a low right now, but that, that's due to the problem. We've not been getting the balls up to him. He can, he's good on his hold up play and and laying it off. So I think you'll see him. And then Tommy Lee, who is another exciting young talent, uh, we'll we'll probably see him either playing off of him because Tommy will will move uh, from left to right. So it depends on where Josh is going to be. Uh, you'll see uh, you'll see Tommy sort of move to the other side. 
But if we go with that 4-2-2, then uh, hopefully we can give Stockport a run and come out with no injuries. And and if we get a good result, I think that's going to stand us in good stead when we come to uh, to your stadium. And a, a few names there that we will be familiar with from last season's squad. Tony Joe Pritchard, of course, suffered his nasty Achilles injury playing against Morecambe uh, back in January, of course. So that's been a long nine months uh, back for Joe. And we wish him all the best because I think, like you say, he's a, a, a very good player indeed when he's back up to form. But uh, some familiar faces and uh, some new names and some new low knees as well. So that's uh, that's an interesting mix. Yeah, and I think the low knees that they've got this year... Um, there, there, there's some quality players that have come in. Brad Hills, uh, who is really going to enter anchor, I should say, the the back four, uh, a, a young player. I mean, they're all they're all very fairly young. I think the when you put the squad out now that Seamus Keneally's out and Sean McCallum's not playing, the average age is probably going to be 23, <laughs> if that. Uh, so it's a young squad. But Brad Hills is a, is a good player, and I'm. Uh, I think, uh, uh, as I say, he'll he'll probably take control of the back four now that Jay Rich Baglu is out is out for uh, the next three matches. Looking forward to the game, Tony. Let's look at the season a bit broader. Uh, there's so many teams fighting for those top seven positions in League Two. What would constitute a good season for Accrington Stanley? Well, as I mentioned before, I think uh, there's there's hopes there's hopes if you can if you can stay away from injuries, we get on a good run then we can challenge for a playoff. I, I, I don't think the squad is good enough yet and experienced enough uh, to qualify for the top three. So, uh, you know, let's, if there's anything, I, you might be able to squeeze in at the sixth and seventh position. But I think realistically, if we can make uh, a 10 to 12 position in League Two this season, uh, I think that will be well, a relatively successful season. I mean, there's some people saying about Stanley just going straight down again. Well, uh, that's not going to happen with uh, the squad they've got and uh, and with John and Jimmy, uh, John Coleman, Jimmy Bell at the helm. I mean, they're they're just too good and 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 do a fantastic, brilliant job. Uh, so I'm I'm mid table and uh, maybe hopefully uh, hopefully one position above you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to say that, Tony. Uh, is it fair to say that, uh, that that John and Jimmy have got, uh, for me, it's, it, this is the case, undoubtedly uh, the safest job in professional football? Yeah, I think there was some of what might have questioned that last season towards the end, but it's certainly, and, and Andy Hall has, has, has backed them and, and has said this, he's, that those guys know more about football than... than uh, than anybody he could bring in. He said, there's nobody better if he got rid of them that he could, he, uh, that could bring in and work the job they do with the budget they're on. Um, so, yeah, I think there's a, there's a lot, there's some truth to what you're saying and, uh, and they're good guys too. I mean, I, I was able to uh, go and spend some time with them when I came over uh, talking about the podcast with them and uh, uh, spent some time in John and Jimmy's office. Uh, they're just great people and, and knowledgeable um, yeah, so uh, I think so. I think I don't think I, I, the only way that John Coleman would be let go is if they got relegated. And I just don't see that happening. Uh, I think he's uh, he'll be there as long as the fire is in his belly, as he says, and, and he's still got it. So, um, yeah, I don't think he's going anywhere soon. And, yeah. and John and Jimmy as well. 
Tony, always great to chat. Uh, I've been asking everybody this um, uh, just as the final question uh, just before you go, and that is uh, the, the, the rule changes this season and the, the implementation of the new rules. Uh, how, have, as a supporter of, a, of a, a team in the same division as Morecambe, how have you got on or how have you found the, 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 let's say, the interesting little quirks and little tweaks that have gone on to the, the laws of the game this season and how they've been interpreted? Well, I think the for Stanley's point of view, I think the the, the big change is the uh, uh, the officials in the technical area uh, because you you could have uh, John or Jimmy or John Doolin in the te- in the technical area. Uh, John Coleman likes to sit on the sidelines on a on a cooler or a, a drink box or whatever, and uh, and Jimmy seems to be the one now in the in the technical area barking out the instructions. Um, I, 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 it's just when you go into a match and you just so hard to anticipate how much uh, time will be added on in and a half. Like uh, at one match, it was like eight or nine minutes. The next match, it was like three minutes. Uh, I think there's an inconsistency that is, is a bit confusing, uh, adding all this time on, uh, you know. So, yeah, it's, uh, I think some of the, uh, I think the one about approaching the official. I think that's a good one to keep keep the uh, the all the players ganging around them and and trying to intimidate them to give yellow cards because I think in the lower leagues in a big stadium like if we played in Sunderland um, and the Sunderland players around the referee back in the day it would have been very intimidating to the referee and I think that's fair. It, it makes it a lot fair, more fairer for clubs like uh, Stanley and and, and Morecambe. But, um, yes, yeah, it's, it's still getting used to, but I think um, it's um, some of the rules are good. Um, it's a time wasting uh, for counting for when the ball goes out of play and things like that. I'm not, I'm not too sure how they can actually keep track of all that, but it is what it is, and uh, there's some good changes. But we're still getting used to it, I think. Well, we've had two players sent off this season. Well, we've had three players sent off this season, but two of them, uh, and they've all been for second bookings, all, all three of them, two of them where one of the bookings was uh, technically for time-wasting, where uh, Michael Mellon uh, was flagged offside and he put the ball in the net, and that was classed as time-wasting. That, that, that's never happened before, has it? Uh, we've had a player book for taking a throw-in with the wrong ball, took the throw-in the, the, the throw with the ball that gone out of play, not the one off the cone. And it, it, it's, it's those little things that, as a fan... And, and as a member of the media following a team, they, they really annoy me. They really, really annoy me. It's uh, it's it's not common. They're not using common sense, and and uh, I I think and it differs from official to official, especially in League Two, uh, and that's why I think you get the inconsistencies, and that's the part that frustrates fans because tomorrow we might have I don't know I you 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 might have no trainer going on the pitch, and he might come up with seven eight minutes. All depends on who the referee is. So. I think yeah, it's frustrating, uh, and 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 it's, it makes an effect on the uh, the coaching because uh, if you're going to play 100 to 110 minutes, you've got to manage manage your players a little more. And a player like Joel Pritchard may you know it, it's going to affect how long he can play because if he plays 45 plus 10 in the first half, he might not he might not even come out for the second half. So it just, uh, and that really is tough for uh, tough for the managers to get used to, as well as the fans as well. 
Tony, I could chat to you about football all afternoon, my friend, but we have things to do, pubs to go to and so on and so forth. Uh, so thank you very much indeed, my friend. Always fantastic to, uh, to have a natter. Just before you go, um, where can we find the fantastic Across the Pitch? Uh, thanks for having me on, Dave. Uh, appreciate it. It's a lot of fun. Um, we www.acrossthepitch.com. Uh, you know, we're on the. We got a website. We're on Facebook and on Twitter. Uh, check us out. And uh, as I say, if there's, there's a search engine on our web page, you can. If you want to type in Andy Holt, you can listen to one of his interviews. And uh, um, hopefully, uh, people will enjoy it. And uh, uh, again, appreciate you having us on. Tony, good luck for the season after Tuesday, of course, and uh, I'm sure we'll speak later in the season when, uh, fingers crossed, we're in a position in the table that we are both very happy with, yeah, wherever yeah. that might be. And I'll be back in Canada and hopefully have a drier liver. So <laughs> Enjoy all you can, Tony. Thanks very much indeed. Cheers, mate. Every kick, every game, every goal. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio.